This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place the Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning to you. Welcome into the Action Line from WGNS. This morning, Darren Gore is with us. Darren is the assistant city manager, and he's going to uh, bring us up to speed on some issues that concern Rutherford County and Murfreesboro. Darren, sort of pull that microphone over and let it be your good buddy for the next hour. Welcome into the show. Thank you. Good Appreciate to have you here good, today. Good to be here. Uh, Darren uh, has a lot of information about the landfill. He's been working on that basically since when did you sort of come into that picture? Well, when I became the assistant city manager, <clears throat> I kind of got a lot into the solid waste department and uh, primarily to help with efficiency and effectiveness of the department, uh, curbside pickup, establishing the the, the, the real popular uh, solid waste fee that we have now. Um, getting brush and limb, uh, you know, service at least up to twice a month. And so it was more of an operational uh, kind of role to try to help uh, make that department more efficient. Probably back in uh, April uh, of this year when Republic or BFI applied for the uh, landfill expansion, I got into more of a I guess a governance role where uh, I got appointed to the uh, Central Region Solid Waste Board uh, by Mayor McFarland and uh, really got more into to dealing with that expansion and maybe some of the operational issues that have not been so popular out at the landfill, how it affects the city. So um, what are short, sort of short, short answers to probably two, two to three years in solid waste and probably in the last you know nine months in, in the uh, or, or seven months with Republic. Now, of course, we, we know that the landfill is filling rapidly. Right. Uh, and most of the debris that's being brought in there is from Davidson County, I believe. Right. Uh, so what are some other issues that impact us here at home more than any other part uh, dealing with the landfill? What are the biggest problems we have there? Okay. <clears throat> so... I'm going to take that more as some concerns on the operational side versus maybe the expansion uh, that's going on. But operationally, we do. I think the landfill out there takes um, upwards of 70% outside county municipal solid waste, also known as garbage. Um, the Rutherford County construction uh, uh, demolition landfill uh closed sometime back so now bfi is also taking all the uh, construction uh, and demolition debris at their landfill um so there's a lot of traffic issues we have a lot of out-of-county traffic with trucks bringing uh solid waste in so that's that's a real concern for people 
along Jefferson Pike and Memorial Boulevard, and those roads just aren't really wide enough and, and robust enough to handle all of that traffic. Um, the other issue has been the odor. Uh, I know that Republic... Not too many nice ways to say no, it. No, there's not too many ways to, not, yeah, to say it. I know that Republic has... Uh, supposedly doubled their gas extraction system which is a it's a big vacuum system that pulls gas from the landfill uh, and so they they have recently said that they've seen some um, benefit to that expansion of the gas extraction system uh, the city has just recently opened a portal uh, murfreesboro tn dot report you can also go to the city's website the front page to to uh, make any odor uh, complaints and we've seen quite a few complaints so we haven't necessarily seen we, we've just started this portal uh, so we don't necessarily have a huge trend but we've seen a lot of complaints so that that tends to run contrary I think to where Republic is seeing a, a decrease in, in odor complaints um, but you know we're, we're we've put up a, a detection system we're trying to monitor odor we're trying to determine uh, when odor occurs more frequently, if it's a time of day, if it's a if it's a weather condition, if it's an environmental condition. Honestly, with that much garbage going in, uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 3,000 tons a day, um, it's going to be just a very very difficult materials management uh, problem. I mean, there's going to have to be soil cover, and I don't believe that they're covering with soil except on on the weekends. They're using some type of geotextile fabric for daily cover. That could pose a, a an issue. Uh, TDEC has approved that. It's not that they're doing something that they're not approved to do, but soil seems to be the best thing to dampen uh, odor. And there's are not they running out of soil? Uh, there's not any, as far as we know, uh, as far as we can tell, there's not a whole lot of soil left around. I mean, there's soil, but it's just a matter of how far away is it, and how much how much of an expense is it to strip it and haul it to the landfill. Um, and that's where Murfreesboro finds itself in. We, we, you know, ultimately we've had this landfill right next to us. And at some point, um, <clears throat> if that landfill does close, we're going to have to find another landfill to, to haul our solid waste to. And the state has, didn't they indicate they were not going to approve more landfills? Well, the, <laughs> the states, the, that's the the trend right is that there's just not going to be any new landfills permitted by the state but they are looking at, at allowing for the expansion of existing landfills and that's where we're at with with middle point is they've applied for an expansion and uh, the city has basically said that that expansion request should have come to the city for approval prior to moving forward to the central region solid waste board and to tdec under the Jackson law that was uh, it was passed in 1987 that said if you're within a mile if a municipality is within a mile their corporate limits are within a mile of a, of a new landfill that um, the city should have the ability to either approve or deny the expansion so the argument becomes is this newly permitted this new land that they want to expand on was is that a new landfill or is that a landfill expansion and I'm no lawyer and I don't want to get into the legalese of it but effectively the 98 acres that they're looking to expand on has never been previously permitted or explored to be a landfill location so the city 
it's pretty clear to us that it's a new landfill. And so under a new landfill, it does fall within the Jackson law for, for the city to approve it. Um, that has not come forward yet. That has not been determined yet. I'm sure there will be lots of opinions and potential. It'll be in a different forum. Uh, uh, it, it, it could take on the form of a lawsuit, I assume, or a judge will have to rule as to whether we're right or we're incorrect. So that's where we kind of are with the city's approval. The city has not had the option at this point to approve that expansion. Uh, but we are saying that we should have that right to approve it. Now, with your corporate boundaries, which I guess is a, a fancy word for city limits. City limits, sorry. Yeah, that's, not, I, yeah, using the wrong uh, with, term. With, uh, with city limits, are you considering the park that the city owns, which is right across the river and the Greenway, or are you considering up uh, near uh, the, uh, the hockey fields? The, right. uh, yeah, the, the single soccer fields. Yeah, we have, well, our water plant is right across the river, just south of the river of um, the old county landfill and Republic's landfill. And yes, uh, the Walter Hill Park is in the city limits, so we consider that. So we we we've done the done the mapping and the and the math and uh, the expansion is within that mile uh, radius or within that mile length of the existing city limit. So that's where we feel comfortable saying that we should have had the privilege to either approve or deny that that request for the expansion should have come to the city first. Now, what kind of comments are you hearing from the public? Well, just 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 to the bad neighbor, uh, the, the the fact that the landfill has been mismanaged for so long, and and I and I and I will say this, uh, they've got a new uh, landfill manager out there, Michael Classen, and I do believe that he has kind of taken the bull by the horn, so to speak, and he is um, earnestly working towards fixing some of the issues that are out there. Uh, and I have confidence that he has the the kind of the, the knowledge and the abilities to do so if uh, his corporate uh, headquarters uh, financially supports his efforts. Of course, he's going to need money to do a lot of the things that need to be done out there. Uh, and they've stated that they would they're they're willing to do that. The, the only question becomes is why, why now? Why is it just now becoming so pertinent? Um, it should have been handled properly since the landfill's been in existence and and from just my i'm not you know i haven't worked on landfills and I, I i did do a closure of a landfill way back in the day for murray county in columbia tennessee so i've been around landfills but i don't I haven't worked on them in a daily operational environment but this be this this middle point it's 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 just about too big uh to to, to manage unless you just really put a lot of uh, effort in it the there's debris that, that's blowing off the landfill. The, the, the soil cover is an issue. The daily cover, it just seemed the odor. So the complaints, to answer your original question, the complaints we get from the folks are really those first two items I mentioned, the traffic and the odor. And uh, they just really, how, how is BFI going to fix this? And BFI, again, has come up with some some responses here in the in the, in the near-term uh, past my only question is is that is that authentic is that going to be a long-term path forward and will we really see results because heretofore to, to date we have not they have not
put the effort into managing the odor and the traffic out at that landfill like they should have. Let me ask you this, because in the early stages of when the landfill started filling up and we were doing basically a countdown, we have eight years, seven years, six years, whatever, till it's full and we'll have to close. Uh, The conversation at that point was coming up with new ways to reduce the amount of waste going into future landfills. It seems that it's gone away from that now. Right. And, and BFI uh, and Republic, which I guess are both the same They're thing. somewhat synonymous, yeah. Uh, that company is known for having unique ways of getting rid of waste. And we've visited some of those right. places. Uh, they're not the only ones who have great ideas, but uh, other places have been visited as well. There was conversation about getting that amount of waste mm. going into it less, and then eventually, which sounded really far out, <laughs> uh, getting rid of the hill itself, just taking it down right. and getting rid of that waste that was there. Right. Uh, what happened to those ideas? Well, th- those ideas are, th- you know, the county, the county put out a request for information for certain companies that would be interested in in solving our our community's uh, solid waste challenges and then they've gone to an rfp a request for proposal and they've they're still going through that proposal and republic is part of that process waste management is part of that process and there's some others uh, waste away there's some other um i know that i can't think offhand some of the others that that are doing talking about recycling and and dealing with some materials management but so those those are still on the table um from from an outsider's perspective what i think i've heard from the larger ones say republican waste management is there's a certain economy a certain economy of scale that they have to be able to to um, maintain in order to build and we call it a MRF. It's a materials recovery facility. There's dirty MRFs, which means you just bring garbage in straight from somebody's, you know, 96-gallon container and dump it in there, and the dirty MRF sorts it and takes the recyclables out and and uh, uh, puts the solid waste into the landfill. There's a clean MRF where you can ask citizens to put recycling in one container and their garbage in the other and the the clean MRFs and so anyway there's a material recovery facility but in order to build one of those you got to have a certain income incoming uh, uh, supply let's call it of of dark garbage and that really doesn't help Rutherford County or our community from the standpoint of traffic Uh, are we still going to to allow or or desire to have 70% of the municipal solid waste coming into our community from coming from out of county. Um, the MRF and the re- recycling uh, facility should abate or, or eliminate some of the odor issues if they properly cap the landfill and close it. Part of that landfill is always going to, I think, have to be open. The MRF is not going to be able to uh, 100% recover. They're going to have to put 30 to 40 percent still or maybe 50 percent still going to have to go into a landfill so that there's going to be a segment of the landfill that's going to have to maintain uh, stay open um but it does mean that you don't have to maybe expand it uh as large as what their current request is 
So there's a lot of factors at play, and at the end of the day, uh, it does come down to kind of a, uh, a business uh, plan. I mean, what, what, <laughs> what, what's the return on investment? If you're going to have to, to spend $50 million on a, on a materials recovery facility, you've got to have enough uh, tipping fees or enough revenue from the incoming supply to end up paying off that that MRF over a 20-year period or whatever the payback period that, that they, they use in their calculations. And then you've got to also, again, keep the landfill open to be able to actually put materials in a landfill that can't be recovered, that aren't, don't have any value, that can't be recycled. So that's the main thing. Don't put something in there that can't be recycled. Well, we, there's, there's a lot of pressure. Well, I say a lot of pressure. There's been a lot of inquiry on the city about doing curbside recycling. And we tried that one. Well, we haven't done it as a, as a, as a government, as a municipality. There's been private uh, haulers. I thought we tried it one, one year. Oh. Well, the very first year we had a free service. Uh, I, I just imagined it was the city doing it. I can't imagine a, a, a private company offering it for free. Well, that dates me. I don't. I don't recall that. So, uh, the, the, this, I'm a. I try to run. I try to run. When I say run, I try to operate city. Um, city operations equivalent to private sector because. I don't want to be seen as an inefficient, slow to, to slow to react, you know, uh, very ineffective means. So I try to look at where the private sector is and where it's gone and, and how they've succeeded or failed and emulate that. And we've had several private recycling uh, vendors that did curbside recycling that, that no longer do it. Um, when we started, when I got into the uh, solid waste kind of side of things a few years ago i don't know if you've heard of the opera it's called op it was china sword operation china sword where china quit taking all of america's recyclables all the plastics all of the things that that, that we shipped over there they said no more uh i don't know what the cause of that was either we were it was too dirty or too contaminated and they weren't finding a, a business uh to 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 use it to utilize it properly but it just absolutely tanked our recycling uh, efforts in the states because we relied on that revenue side. So you picked it up, and maybe you charged a, a small fee, or maybe you did it for free. But at the end of the day, you were able to sell those recyclables and also make uh, some revenue from the sale of it. All those markets went away. And so now you've just got one large expense. And if your pricing, your pricing structure, most of these pricing structures weren't set up to just be, that's the only revenue side. They were expecting the sale of the product to also generate revenue. So they all quit. I mean, a lot of them went out of business. I've still got a recycling container in my backyard that the company that I paid for, it, they never came and picked it up. And they just, you know, closed shop. So the city can do curbside recycling, but it's going to be at a cost. And so it gets back to we're charging the $7.5 per month to pick up um, your garbage per month, which is a once-a-week once a pickup. If we did twice a month pickup for recyclables, we'd have to have new containers. Probably get we'd have to get some new trucks. <laughs> There'd be some capital expense there. And then we'd have to charge at least 
seven and a half dollars to eleven dollars a month to just break even to pick up curbside recycling. That's what a city would do. Is, I mean, you're not in it for profit. We're not in it for profit. We're not trying to make money. It's just we, but we have to cover those capital expenses, any debt service, and any operational expenses that we incur. That's labor. And I'll be honest with you, Barton. This is another kind of intangible. A lot of people, I, th- I think, a lot of people are experiencing. Um, but getting drivers, we're having a very, very difficult time uh, maintaining the workforce to drive those trucks. And so if you talk about going out and getting even six more trucks, let's say it only takes six or seven trucks to do the twice a month pickup of recyclables, that six more drivers, that six more trucks, and then going and finding those drivers is not an easy task. And uh, that's, I think everybody's finding it difficult to hire employees right now. Right. What, what is the reason? What are you finding is the cause of that? Oh, gosh. Well, this is going off into <laughs> their opinion, maybe, so I don't know if it's fact, very fa- data-driven, fact-based. But, you know, of, of obviously there's a lot of people that are receiving uh, uh, stipends from the government. And so maybe that's not quite – there's not an incentive quite to get back yet out there into the workforce – um, and then there's 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 obviously some inflationary issues and some pay issues, and we're having to compete with private sector, uh, and sometimes the private sector can just quite honestly um, outpay what we can pay. Uh, I think what the city does offer, though, is we have great benefits. We have great uh, um, personal leave. Um, we we have a, a step system plan when you get into the city we guarantee uh, a four percent step per year over the first five years so you're looking at about a 20 plus percent increase the first five years you're at the city um, you get paid rain or shine uh, whether or not uh, uh, a lot of con- a lot of folks leave us to go to contractors and nothing against the contracting community they just don't pay when they don't work a lot of times with the city, if it's a rain out day or if there's days that, that, that uh, uh, a lot of contractors, a lot of folks can't get work and maybe we do have to find indoor work maybe for our outside workforce, we still pay uh, them the, their 40 hours. So, and, and it's local. You know, you get to come into work and you, you've, you, you've got a, a set schedule and then you, you come in and you, you – and you leave and it's a it's a nice and you get weekends to spend time with your family so i there's a lot of draw i think to coming to the city um but pay and the the fact that the there's a lot of stipends being issued or a lot of uh payments to folks for staying at home right now from the federal government is is a little hurting us quite a bit right now let me ask you this uh and we'll cover this when we get back but we we have a listener who has a question they've sent in by text uh, dealing with taxes and things of that sort and we will get to that uh, when we come back from break we're going to check on the traffic and weather Darren Gore is our guest this morning he is the assistant city manager here in Murfreesboro and you've heard a few things that are on the table to talk about right now if you have a question dealing with any of these topics Or if there's another topic dealing with the city that uh, you have, just call us, 615-893-1450. Or if you want to text, you can text it as well. In fact, that's probably the easiest way. 
We'll be right back. We got some good neighbors and we like bragging on them. Nominate a good neighbor every day. Put it in writing on WGNS. WGNS. Hi, this is Amanda from Animal City. Animal City is your pet bird destination. Whether you're looking for a new home for your feathered friend or plenty of toys and enrichment to keep them happy, we are the place for you. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. We have all the things that you need to keep your feathered friends happy. We have a great selection of enclosures and lots of toys and enrichment to choose from. Animal City is at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Family Restaurants. In December, Demas's will be here for 32 years. My parents started this restaurant. They wanted a place that was affordable, that people can come and be able to celebrate their special occasions or be with their family and we have strived to keep things the same as what they have created it. We encourage you to come and try Demas's Restaurant at 1115 Northwest Broad Street at Demas's Restaurants. Hi, this is Becky Bookner, and I'm just so proud to talk about the veterans in our community and what an incredible gift they've given all of us, and that's our freedom and the right to live in this country, and we're so grateful to them for the sacrifices they've made. WGNS proudly salutes our U.S. veterans who have served our country. In this salute, we talk to a World War II veteran. American hero, Norm Elzeer. You were on uh, B-24. The no. Liberator. The Liberator? That's the... what they called it. Our average mission was seven hours. We were on oxygen seven hours at times. There were six gunners on the plane. When we flew four missions, they give us a fifth of whiskey for the whole six, not a piece. We saved them up, and after we flew so many times, they sent us to the Isle of Capri for a week's rest, and that's where we took all our booze. Every time you got in that plane, you didn't know if that was your first time or your last time? Oh, that's for sure. You got pretty hot at times. How many missions would you say you completed? Not 21, but after we come back from the Isle of Capri, we flew three straight days in a row, and the third day we got shot down. That was 21. After you were shot down, how long did it take for you to find safety? We bailed out over Yugoslavia, and it was German-held at the time. We landed in uh, friendly areas, the Chetnik people there. They took care of us, and we uh, would be warned in advance that the Germans were on our tail, and they would take off. As far as food and water and Food was like scarce. That? Food was scarce. The Germans would come into these villages and take their food. We would go to one village, and we would have beans to eat twice a day for two weeks. Another village would be potatoes. I ended up Jonas because we didn't get the right food. That's one of those things. People did the best they could for us. True American Norm Elzir. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. All that's news with Matt Lane. Weekday afternoon. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford County's place to talk. Welcome back. Darren Gore is our guest this morning. Darren is the assistant city manager for the city of Murfreesboro. We're talking about the landfill. We're talking about other issues that concern you. And here's a text from a listener. Uh, this is going uh, from a comment you had about having to charge extra for garbage pickup. And then also if we get into recycling, that'd be another extra fee. 
you'd have to have more trucks, hire more people. And they're asking, uh, why do we have to keep adding more additional fees for services like garbage pickup? Wasn't that included in the taxes, the city taxes, in previous years? So the answer to that is in previous years, yes, the the solid waste service was uh, covered under the the tax revenue that we received for property taxes and sales taxes and and other taxes that the city receives. Um, But the decision was made that uh, this particular service it's a it it could be set up as a user fee um and that way you know it it could almost it could create its own enterprise just like the water and sewer department is an enterprise fund and it is exclusively uh operates on revenue generated from sales of water and sales of sewer use and that customer base that the solid waste fee could similarly start to kind of divest itself from reliance on tax revenue and become more of a user fee uh, uh, based uh, enterprise fund so and it really makes more sense um, the seven so so staying on that kind of same line of thought it's just more fair a user fee is really more fair at the end of the day because you don't have any subsidization there was a lot of commercial uh, uh, property taxes and a lot of commercial sales taxes that really we're going and subsidizing what was primarily a residential service. So if you look at it that way, it was somewhat unfair to the commercials uh, in establishments of the city to subsidize a fee or you know a, or a service that was primarily for residential. When you create a user fee, now you can start charging the folks that use the service. And so that's the the idea is it's really more equitable and fair to set it up that way. Now, yes, that that revenue that we generate from the user fee, that takes it away from re- requiring it to come from the tax revenue. So it does create a, a savings, right? Or it creates some, uh, uh, well, I, I don't know what the best word is, but some cost avoidance maybe might be a best word on the on the tax revenue side that we don't have that expense any longer. The issue we've got right now is the seven and a half dollars really only covers about three quarters of the operational expense of the solid waste department and really only covers two thirds of the overall expense of the solid waste service um, when you factor in debt service and capital expenditures. So um, there still is some requirement for the tax revenues to supplement that remaining 25 or one-third operational and debt service expense on the solid waste side. So ultimately, we really need to be at about $11 a month to kind of be fully self-supportive. Now that $11 a month, this is the interesting thing, that's reliant on still maintaining free tipping fees at Republic or Middle Point Landfill. If Middle Point Landfill does not uh, if its expansion is denied, which is what the city is is fighting for, we have to come up with an alternative solution, which may be hauling um, our solid waste all the way to uh, oh Camden, Tennessee. So they would accept it. Well, they yes, I would think so if we pay, <laughs> but we're going to have to pay. We're going to have to haul it. That's a long way. There's a long way. It's 200 mile round trip. 
so we've got to pay for the hauling cost and we've got to pay for the tipping they'll start charging us at camden we're not going to get free tipping fee. a tipping fee is basically a per ton if i bring you a ton of garbage tipping fees generally right now are in the forty dollar per ton range so if we're sending a thousand tons a day to camden at forty dollars a ton you know that's forty thousand dollars a day plus the hauling cost so that eleven dollars is not per month is not going to cover that expense we may have to be somewhere more into the twenty dollar per month range and and i know it's unpopular to pay to but but when you when you see it from a from an operational or from a business perspective that the people that are using the service are funding the service versus any type of subsidization of, of one type of commercial or industrial establishment covering a fee that's that they don't really use I think most people think that that's it's more fair to set it up as a user fee here's a question from a listener and this one sort of goes in in your direction there too as far as looking at different sites to expand has the city considered the land where the MTSU hog farm is uh, right behind the VA hospital next to the water plant mm. and i guess really that's from a listener but you could expand that and say how much uh, does the city how much say does the city have in where it goes well let's let's i'll say i'll frame it this way the city at the end of the day is not opposed to some smaller expansion of the landfill that would be more exclusive for rutherford county and murfreesboro's use i.e not bringing in you know 70 percent out of county and all of the the metro solid waste and all the other counties that, that use middle point if we could come up with some type of business plan or business pro forma that allowed for the city and the rutherford county to use Middle Point Land. I don't know if there would necessarily be as uh, it, it would just need to be something we work together on. So I think the city's willing to cooperate and work with Republic or Wasteman or whoever. Um, and I think we're willing to work with the existing footprint or some type of expanded footprint of Middle Point Landfill. We just need it to be managed better. They need to get their good house, you know, the, the good neighbor status and start dealing with the, the odor and, and dealing with the materials management. They need to deal with the traffic and really the only way they're going to deal with the traffic is if they become more exclusive use just for Rutherford County and Murfreesboro. So when they say the, the hog farm or even this 98 acres that's north that they're currently asking to to get permitted, I think the city's willing, They under, we understand that that landfill has to be economically viable they have to be able to make money i mean that's why they exist they're a private sector industry that has to to make a profit um we just need to find out we're trying to explore clean up get your odor fixed let's talk about getting rid of the traffic by making it more exclusive for rutherford county murfreesboro and then let's look at the numbers let's talk about was is the city does the city need to pay now do we need to pay a tipping fee what does that tipping fee look like? How does it compare to hauling it to Camden? How does it compare to doing, say, a waste away uh, bio, a, a biomass fuel, uh, developing a biomass fuel that we can create to sell mm -hmm. as a product? You know, so you start looking at those type alternatives. 
Here's another question from a listener. This one goes back quite a few years, and they're saying in the early days of the Middle Point landfill, there were parks out there, there were baseball fields, there were places where the Model Airplane Club used to fly uh, their model airplanes. It was a community endeavor and was built to look attractive. Mm -hmm. Now all we see are uh, large trees that uh, block the view and keep us from seeing all of this. Uh, Why did they go away from making it a beautiful thing that the uh, public could use? Well, that would be a question for them. I mean, I can't answer that for them. Uh, you know, so that wasn't a city. Th- thing. That's not a city thing. That's 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 a middle point or republic's property for them to use as as they deem appropriate. The area that they're talking about, though, with the 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 park and the athletic fields, that's the area that they're talking about expanding into, and that's ah. the that's the area that I said that 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 has never before now been requested. Uh, it was not in the original permit of that landfill to use that area as landfill. So that's where I'm saying that's going to be that's a new landfill in in the city's perspective or the city's uh, eyes. So I can't really tell you why they've uh, other than other than you know the the kind of the the common sense response would be it's cost. I mean when you when you stop managing something and making something look aesthetically pleasing, it's typically because you're just unwilling to incur that cost. Or that expense. So, but at the end of the day, that would be a that would be a, a, a republic question. Here's a, a totally different question from a listener, and they're wanting uh, they're asking about the project, some kind of a construction project on the side of Tiger Hill, next to Walmart out South Church Street. Yeah, I, th- I believe that's going to be a, a, a new uh, townhome development. It's right at the, I think, the edge of our sewer service boundary. So I, I, I don't know the name of it, and I'm not as involved day-to-day with the approval of our development plans as I used to be. But Valerie Smith, um, they can email me uh, at dgore at murfreesboro.tn.gov or Valerie Smith, which is uh, vsmith at murfreesboro.tn.gov, and we can get them, uh, get them an answer on that one. And another question about growth. Uh, totally another direction of town. Uh, this person said they were coming into work this morning on the Thompson Lane at Broad, and they noticed uh, quite a few trucks, big trucks, trailer trucks, parked uh, in the old Cummings Sign Company land. Is that about to become something else? Hmm. I don't know. Uh, again, just email me, and I can get the answer to that. That's that may be a Gary Whitaker or a Sam Huddleston question or greg okay. mcknight do you have your because sam often uh listens and and uh, when shane's on he will he'll, he'll shoot respond a, shoot yeah, that's answer right. back yeah yeah i'll I'll, uh, I'll definitely i'll send something to <laughs> sam and ask him uh, let's see our phone number is 615-893-1450 we're looking at the city of murfreesboro and uh, totally another question now. We're, we're jumping in every direction, but that's, <laughs> that's the way the listeners are, are wanting to go. Uh, they're asking about the new buses that are reported in for Rover, a uh, whole new fleet of buses coming in soon. When do you think those are going to be in, and will this enable them to expand services? 
I don't know when they're going to come in. I, I do know that we're getting the new buses, and I saw the new logo, and I think it's going to repl- it's going to look sharp. Our new buses will. It's going to be blue. Is it's going right? to be blue. Yeah, it's going to look. It's going to it's going to have more of the Mur- the, 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 the the city logo, and just to look, I think a little sleeker than what we got now. So uh, I think um, I don't know when they're going to be coming in. If it's like everything else, it's going to be later than what we expected because of the supply chain. Uh, issues we're all dealing with but uh jim kerr i can i can text jim kerr and ask him when when they expect those in now i just got a text from sam huddleston that said he's not aware of any development plan for the old coming sign property okay so they could be leasing out land they, they could park just, trucks on or something right right okay our phone number is 615-893-1450 we're gonna check on the traffic and weather we'll be right back Darren Gore is our guest this morning, the assistant Murfreesboro city manager. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSradio.com. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Hi, this is Jenny with Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts. Ryan's has been here for almost 100 years serving the community. I feel so blessed when families ask us to help them say goodbye to their family. I do everything that I can to make it just perfect for your final goodbye. Give us a call, and we'll make that memorial tribute for your loved one and family. Ryan Flowers Coffee and Gifts, 615-893-7134. 117 South Academy Street. Early morning and late night, we'll be there. Under the hot summer sun and the cold winter skies, we'll be there. Ensuring the air in your home is clean and safe is our mission. We've been there for more than 80 years, and we'll be there in the future. Turn to the experts at Carrier and Roscoe Brown. People you know and a name you trust. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. Occasional sunshine this afternoon with a high in the mid-80s. Tonight, clear team partly cloudy low near 64. High of 84 on Thursday. Lots of sunshine. I'm meteorologist Laura Lockwood on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 66. Hi, this is Gator with Tire World Off Road. We're your local rough country dealer. So when you're ready to add some character to your rig, ask for Gator at Tire World Off Road on Memorial Boulevard. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Online at tireworld.us. We've got your local sports fix. Weekdays at 5, it's all sports talk with Monty Hill Jr. and Tim Tackett here on WGNS. Hey, welcome back. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're in the final segment of the program. So if you have a question or a comment dealing with the city of Murfreesboro, better get on the hook quickly. 
615-893-1450. Here's a question about household hazardous waste collection. Oh, no, they're telling us. It's Saturday, November 6th, 8 until noon at 4765 Florescent. Is that the way you pronounce that, or is it Florence? Florence, Florence Drive. Yeah, Florence Road. Oh, Florence, okay. Okay, it's a typo. <laughs> I, was thinking, I didn't think it was called Florescent Road. <laughs> it glows. <laughs> uh, Florence Road, okay. That's great. That's great information. Yeah, uh, you know, any type of hazardous waste, paint, uh, those kind of things it's a great opportunity for everyone to kind of maybe clear out some space in their garage and take it out to the florence road this is the same facility that we have our mulching operation um speaking on that front um, we are starting to talk about charging um for large uh, limb and brush and pickup in front of folks that that typically we we have a free we still we still do a free service which is if you keep your uh, basically the the sizes are if you keep a six by six by six pile of brush in your front yard that is a free service if you go to twelve by six by six uh, I believe that's fifteen dollars and if you go to twelve by twelve by six that that takes up almost a full uh, uh, boom truck load. Uh, and so we're charging, I believe, $30 for that. I need to double-check on those those deals. But we've never done that before, but we've gotten to the point, again, where um, certain there are certain volumes of brush that, that when you take up two-thirds or an entire truckload of our uh, knuckle boom, which is the grapple, you know, that's got the clamshell grapple that, pulls the, the debris off the curb and brings it into the hopper or the truck's hopper that we're, we're getting to the point where we have to start charging for that as well one of the one of the items that we have also discussed is we pick up uh, loose grass we are one of the i think there we and johnson city may be the only two cities in tennessee that allow people to put loose grass clippings on the curbside um, that's not been a good practice and we're trying to uh, ask people to start bagging that loose grass what happens when it rains is that loose grass ultimately goes down the curb line gets into um, a grate a storm grate and then goes through the storm sewer and gets out into a, a creek or a waterway and that grass creates an oxygen demand in the water and it pollutes it's a, effectively it pollutes it and, and also, it creates clogs in the storm sewer system. So when a big rain comes, if there's a lot of grass debris that's accumulated in these pipes, it obstructs the ability for that pipe to flow. And so it can actually create some backup and some potential localized flooding issues. Also, with the clamshell, as I mentioned, this thing comes down. It's kind of a grappling hook that comes. It, it's really beating up our curb and the edge of our pavement where the curb meets the pavement because we're just kind of scrape if you can just imagine continue people tend to put it in the same location every week or every other week when they do yard work and it's starting to really beat up the pavement and the concrete so what we, we're trying to, to say look put your grass clippings in those biodegradable bags free of charge we'll pick them up all day long every day but if you continue to 
do loose grab we'll still pick it up but we're going to start charging say a five dollar pickup fee to if you if you elect to not put it in a biodegradable bag but put it in just keep it on a, in a loose pile so there's somewhat of an incentive to you know so we're trying to be fair and say we'll keep doing it but with, you know there's an there's some expense associated with picking up a certain way versus another way which we can do it for free one final question this one uh, another text from a listener they're asking about uh, have you been able to take more debris solid waste at the convenience center on west main then it was often full and closed yeah yes we have because we have bought a couple of new containers um I think the last time I was on here, Bart, we heard that that response, and the the city council has heard several responses about our convenience center on West Main. And my, I'll give you my response at that time was that those can those containers and the pickup of those containers that was a free service provided to us by Republic. And so we were on their time schedule, and their time schedule was probably set 20 years ago that they would do twice a week pickup. Well, you fast forward to 2020, uh, that that pickup wasn't often enough. And so that's why they would fill up and we were kind of dead in the water because we had no space for people to dump. What we've done is we're still taking Republic's free service and they're still picking it up on their schedule. But we also have new containers that we are, we as a city are moving those containers out and dumping those containers more frequently if we need the space so they should we should not be closing that convenience center as often or really not at all because we're kind of created we've we've become the master of our own destiny out there well there's some good news for you there you go thank you very much darren gore our guest this morning darren is the assistant city manager here in murfreesboro stay with us truman's next right here on your good neighbor station.